This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And yes, it is five after six, not five after seven, because I'm on early today. Because we've got a special Chiefs pregame program pr- program going on today here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. So you get to hear me a little bit earlier today. But this is the Sports Psychology Hour. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning talking about the mental side of sports. And uh, sports. Mental. The mental side. Well, today's a big day. There are two more football games going on. San Francisco, Philadelphia, and then the Bengals here in Kansas City. A lot of people are pretty pumped up about this. Everybody's been worried about Patrick Mahomes' ankle, but it looks like he's ready to go. Travis Kelsey's back looks like he's ready to go. And I have no doubt the Chiefs are ready to go, as are the Bengals. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen today? you got two great quarterbacks, two great teams, and... Everybody wants to know, will Patrick Mahomes be able to move out of the pocket? Can he run? Well, we'll find out this this evening. So if you're going to the game like I am, make sure you're warm because it's going to be cold out there. This reminds me of playoff games in the past where it's been pretty darn cold. But that doesn't matter. What matters is how the players play, how the coaches coach. It's going to be loud at Arrowhead. We know that. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun, especially if the Chiefs win. It'll be really fun. People always ask me, when you have, and I like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same that won't the stronger mind will come out on top. What does that mean, stronger mind? Well, you can say you can have two teams who are physically the same. The ones with stronger minds will come out on top. Confidence is what I want to get into today. I want to talk about what is confidence. How do you get it? How do you lose it? How do you get it back? Because like I always like to say, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. What does that mean, a stronger mind? I'm now in my 42nd year of work as a sports psychologist, counting an internship in graduate school as one of those years. I've had the privilege to work with athletes at all levels. I was one of the first full-time sports psychologists in baseball at the Royals in 1990. I worked with them again for several years, several years ago. I was KU's first sports psychologist. I worked with the Olympic team back in the 80s with the cycling team where we won nine medals in 84 Olympics 
and one ending in 72 years. I've co-authored a book with Pete Malone and Jeff Montgomery called Just Let Them Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. I've had the privilege to work with an incredibly large number of people who have become successful in various aspects of life. People come to me because they want to work in their mental game. They come to me because they're struggling with stress, with anxiety, with pressure, with confidence, with relationships with coaches. And, and I've worked with so many teams throughout my career trying to understand what it takes to be the best. Well, here in Kansas City, if you've been a Chiefs fan, as I have since the first game they ever played, got the program from 1963 when I went with my dad, been going to games ever since. I've had the privilege to, to work with a number of Chiefs players privately throughout the years, over 30 of them. The great kicker, Nick Lowry, was my co-host for several years on this show, and we talked about this for a long time. Nick worked with me for a long time in his career. What does it take to be confident at this level? And how do you handle the pressure? The pressure to succeed, the pressure to achieve, the pressure to win. Well, I'm gonna to share today what I work with so many people on and get your thoughts. I know it's early, I'd love to get calls in here, get conversations going with somebody because I wanna talk about confidence. And what's the difference between confidence and cockiness? To me, confidence is the ability to believe in yourself, your skills, your abilities, your talents, what you're capable of doing. Cockiness takes it a step farther to where you think you're better than everybody else and you wanna flaunt it in one way or another. I think the athletes who succeed the most have a bit of cockiness, but they don't always show it. They don't have to show it. It's that internal belief that they can do it. The ones who have to show it to me, quite frankly, I think that's a sign of insecurity. You gotta go out there and try to prove to everybody how good you are. I've never met Patrick Mahomes. I've watched him from afar. I've worked with a bunch of players who know him. Mitch Morris, the center for Buffalo, has been on my show every year. He'll be coming on here in a few weeks. Mitch has worked with me for a long time. He shared it on the show about the anxiety he's had in his career. I mean, Mitch knows him pretty well because, hey, he's a pretty lucky guy. Let me tell you, he's been this, the two quarterbacks that he's snapped to are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. So I think Mitch knows a little bit about all this. And he shared with me, he goes, Patrick is, is the type of guy, as well as Josh Allen, he said, they're confident people, but they don't flaunt it. They're confident people and they share it with their teammates. They support their teammates. They encourage their teammates. It's not about them. It's about the team. You know, you have to admire Patrick Mahomes for a variety of reasons. Outside, Forget the way he plays. But the way he presents himself. Like I said, I've never met him. But I admire the way this young man has handled the pressure, the adversity, the success that he's had so early in his career. He's still a very young man. Like he's 26, 27 years old. But when you listen to him talk, he doesn't talk about himself bragging. He talks about the team. And I think that's one of the reasons the Kansas City Chiefs are playing today. 
What is confidence? Last night, the University of Kansas beat Kentucky in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. As Katie's first sports psychologist, I've always supported them. My oldest son went there. It was a great game. I mean, Kentucky didn't play as well as they're capable, but KU played great. But they'd lost three games in a row. You know, it's only happened, what, what, three times, four times in Bill Self's entire coaching career. Never lost four in a row. Here they go to Kentucky, to Lexington. John Calipari, who I met and worked with back when I was working with KU's basketball team in the 80s. Hall of Fame coach himself. Got some great players. But what I what I liked about the way KU played, there. let's face it, Jalen Wilson is an All-American candidate, if, if, if anybody is. Their, their confidence level was there, and, and you didn't see them lose it or freak out. They were very steady. When you look at confidence, it's how you express it in terms of your play. Okay, my engineer, Kyle, I want you to jump in here because you, you get this, okay? What do you think about what I'm getting at here? How important is confidence for an athlete? What do you think or for a team? What's your perspective? Well, I, I know I saw several examples of it in that KU-Kentucky game last night. Just the ease and quickness of which Jalen Wilson would put up a shot. You know, not afraid to miss. And, and he then, didn't miss many. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, I remember Jay Billis, actually, uh, you know, one of my favorite com- commentators on basketball games, he, he mentioned uh, confidence in Grady Dick last night. I don't know if you heard this, but it was after – you know, Grady only had probably four or five points at this point in the second half. And then he gets the ball on a on a turnover. He pump fakes and then has the confidence. He'd been having a rough game. I mean, one of his shots hit the top of the backboard. He pump fakes. He sidesteps to get an open look, and he nails a three-pointer. And here's, here's where this – what I want to get at today. Hopefully at about – 7.30 tonight, Kansas City is going to be a buzz with a team going to the Super Bowl. We'll know, we'll know this evening. Here's the thing. And I have one of the Chiefs uh, that I work with, his Super Bowl jerseys in my office, who I've worked with him for several, several years. And he has these three letters on there on the jersey, F-O-E. Because that's what this comes down to. And I want to say what that is. I'd call it foe versus four. F-O-E is focus on effort versus focus on results. When you're focusing on results, what I find with athletes, and I don't care what the sport, what level, when you're focusing on results, focusing on the score, focusing on winning or losing, you're not concentrating on what you're doing at that moment. You're worrying about the, res- the score, the result. I'm going to give a great example of this. There was a golfer that I worked with several years ago. Very successful collegiate golfer. Went on to play some of the mini tours. After he graduated, or excuse me, between his junior and senior year, sorry, between his junior and senior year in college, he went to play in a tournament in Oklahoma. But I'm going to explain what, what got us there. He was playing in a college tournament, very big tournament on the West Coast, and his team was from the Midwest playing in this tournament against a bunch of West Coast, Southwest teams. It was early March. 
And, you know, obviously the, the West Coast teams are playing year-round. Here, you can't do that because of the weather. He's leading the tournament the third day on the 17th hole, or excuse me, 16th hole, coming up. It's a par three. He's leading by two strokes. He's in the last group with the leaders. He gets to the green. It's a short par three, about 120 yards, and his coach is sitting in a golf cart on the tee box. And his coach says, don't hit it in the trap everybody else did. He plunks it in the trap. Double bogeys the hole, loses the tournament by a stroke. Comes back to town, saw me the next day, and needless to say, he was really, really ticked off. And he was angry at his coach, and I said, you're, 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 you got it wrong. You should be upset at yourself. Why did you let him get into your head? So he was silent. He says, well, I wanted to win so badly. I said, I know you did. But now you're thinking about result. Why well, better not hit this in the trap? Instead of thinking, all right, it's 120 yards. It's an easy wedge. Take a nice, easy swing. I've been hitting great. That clicked with him because then he went to this tournament down in Oklahoma in the summer where there were 120 country club pros and college players, three-day tournament, and he shot in the 60s all three days and he won. But our goal in that tournament was to not think about your score, to focus on the next shot, the next shot, the next shot. And he led after the first day, called me and said, listen, I'm, I'm in first place. I shot 67. I said, okay. Did, when did you think about your score? He said, when I made the turn after nine, it hit me. I shot 33. I said, oh, wait, I can't, I, I got, I can't worry about that. I've got to focus on my tee shot. That clicked with him because his emphasis was on effort and his confidence built because he was focusing on it. He wasn't worrying about scores or results. Let's go back three years ago. End of the first quarter against Houston in the playoffs. Chiefs are down 24 zip. It's very well known. The stadium was, was freaking out. I know there were people sitting behind me who were cursing the Chiefs out saying, I bought these tickets. I thought these t the team was winners. And I thought, you know, this, guy's, this guy has no idea what's going on. Halftime, Chiefs 27-24. Before he used to score against 41-24. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes' leadership, Andy Reid's leadership was Let's just execute. Let's just focus on what we're doing. It was a freaky first quarter. There was a broken coverage. Houston scored a touchdown on a pass play. Then there was a fumbled punt at the goal line, a block punt at the goal line. Boom, it's 21 nothing. They kick a field goal. And Mahomes on the sideline, this is well documented. Come on, let's go. Next play. Let's just focus on what we got to do. Somebody a lot of people in town don't care for, Tom Brady, in the Super Bowl against Atlanta a couple years prior to that, they're down, I think it was a similar score at halftime. They came back and won in overtime. Why? Same thing. Focus on effort. I mean, a lot of people can say Tom Brady's sort of cocky, but he's really good because he has that confidence. So if you are an athlete or a coach, I'd like to open up our phone lines. I know it's early. This is Special Chief Sunday, though. I want to get your opinion about what I'm talking about here. What is confidence? How do you express it? How do you show it? How do you use it? How does it work for you? And when you are playing your best, 
is that that internal confidence that allows you to know you can do it no matter what the situation. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, how do you teach confidence? How do you show it? How do you demonstrate it? How do you get your team or the athletes you work with to express that? And does it have to be by talking or does it really have to be by how you play, how you express, how you, how you show yourself? 913-3810-810 is our number. I'd love to hear from you get your thoughts on this. How big of a role is confidence gonna play today versus cockiness in the Chiefs-Bengals game, 49ers-Eagles games? Give me a call and let's talk. We're on Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Let's get started up. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, a special early hour this morning because we've got special Chiefs programming today here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 normally, but today 6 to 7, talking about the mental side of sports. And I'm talking today about confidence. What is confidence? How much of a role does it play in performance? We're going to go to the phones here in a moment. We have Amos on the line. We'll talk to him in a second. Then the reason I'm bringing this up today is because I think confidence is going to be the key to both of these games today. Which team is confident enough to deal with pressure, expectations, and how do they stay focused? Confident athletes, confident teams have that internal belief that they're capable of doing what they have to do. And they don't have to brag about it and show it. They just do it. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Amos. Amos, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Great. Thanks for calling in. So I, I think the answer is pressure. If you have confidence, can you handle the pressure? And we're going to find out uh, today. The Kansas City Chiefs, can they handle it? Uh, can Andy Reid? Uh, we need to handle the pressure. Period. Point blank. Well, it goes by, it goes both ways, them. doesn't it? It goes both ways for for Cincinnati as well. I, I, yes and no. I think because I, I, yes and no. I, I think there's more pressure on the Chiefs, unfortunately. To the truth. Okay. Uh, Why do you feel that way? Just because of, you know, Andy Reid, his history with Philly, how many championships he got to there, you know, with NFC games, and then here at Texas. Well, that's why my whole emphasis is on, you know, excuse me, that's why, that's why my emphasis, whenever I work with anybody, is on effort, okay? Right. Focus on your effort. You What's know, the next play? What do you need to do? Don't think about the right. result. You know, if, if you're a quarterback and you've got to get a first down. If you're a kicker, you need to make the kick. If you're a defensive player, you need to you know stop them, whatever it is. How do you how do you focus on your effort? If you're worrying about the result, what do you think happens, Amos? Uh, today I'm very excited. Uh, and I, I, I think they uh, I think they get it done, honestly. I, I, I think it's hard to keep a team four times in a row. So I, I think they've heard it all week long. Okay? You're right, you're right, but ask, ask the Broncos about four times in a row because that's 14 in a row, but that's a whole different situation. 
you know, you got you, their franchise is uh, in a totally different direction too. Exactly. Versus, uh, the Chiefs. So, well, um, so the, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So I'm seeing it through red and gold glasses, but I've also seen the Broncos kick our butts for years and years and years too. So well, so have I. I think I. I mean, I think I mentioned. You know, I. I went to the very first Chiefs game. I've been going since forever. Uh, you know, talk yeah, about. I've seen the Raiders beat us. I've seen the Chargers beat us. I mean, I've been through it all. So I'm glad the Chiefs are dominant this time around. I'm not taking this for granted at all. So I want to see them execute. I'm not taking this for granted at all. So, well, the yeah, bottom I, the I bottom line then comes down to this. The bottom line comes down to this, and I want to thank you for calling. We're going to go to somebody else here in a second. Thank you. Confidence versus cockiness. I think confidence wins. Because if you're Absolutely. confident, if you're confident, you believe in your skills and abilities. You're not worried about, about the result. You're focused on your execution. Listen, Amos, thank you so much for your call, sir. I appreciate it. All right, nine one three, three eight ten eight ten is the number. What's the difference between confidence and cockiness? Let's go next to Jeremy. Jeremy, good morning, Doctor Jacobs. How you doing? Okay. Well, I'll comment. I'll comment on the the difference that I see between uh, confidence and cockiness, but I also have a, a quick story that I want to tell from a baseball player over the summer as well. Sure, go ahead. Uh, I, I think it really boils down to body language. You know what I mean? When you see uh, confidence in a player, uh, y- you can tell it in their body language, and it's not necessarily always verbal. I mean, you can hear verbal confidence as well, but to, to me, cockiness are blowhards. They, they, they just run their mouth all the time. Not necessarily those that are are showing through action their ability to to execute. Let me let me let me you interrupt know? you that right there for a second. Are they doing that because they're insecure? Because I think they are. I, to to a certain extent, I, I don't know where it comes from. I think some of it's observed through professional sports. It's what they see. It's what they try to emulate. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think part of it is trying to hype themselves up. You know, they talk a big game because they lack the confidence in themselves, and so they're having to verbally hype themselves up that they're as good as as they want to be. And I think that, and I think that's because there's a there's a level of insecurity in them. I know throughout my forty two years of work, like I said, I've been doing this as long as anybody as a sports psychologist. That's that's a very common theme with a lot of people. They try to show how great they are because underneath there's a fear that they're not good enough. I, I would agree. I would agree. So to to tell a story of how you know coaching confidence looks at least in eleven and twelve year old baseball players. I had a, I had an incident over the summer. Um, one of my better, more confident players, a captain, brought him into pitch in a relief game for baseball. Uh, tight game, and he battled. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And uh, I left him out there. I left him out there, and we walked the bases full, and he walked in a couple of runs, and we had a five run limit on the inning because uh, we play in rec league. And after he'd given up the fourth run, he threw the ball down when it came back to him on the mound, and it rolled away from him, and the fifth run of the inning came in. And I was because he gave up on himself. His body language was awful. I'd made him a captain. He just wasn't acting like a captain that day. But he's, how so old is he? he's 11 years old. Huh? But he's 11 years old. He's, he's 12. Okay, yeah. 12. And okay. 12, and, and, and he's at that age where we're starting to teach the difference between just participating and, and competitiveness. You know what I mean? Really being competitive as a ball player. And so when he comes over, uh, he's upset at himself. I'm, I'm mad but trying to use a teaching moment. And, and so I get down on his level, and I say, hey, what happened out there? And uh, 
he goes, he goes, I, you know, I stink. And I was like, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. What happened is you gave up on yourself. I said, I didn't give up on you. Did, did I come out there and get you off the mound? He said, well, no. I said, okay. That's because I believe in you, and I believe in your ability to execute the next pitch. I said, but now, you know, you, you screwed up. I forgive you. I, I, you know, you can't give up on yourself, but I forgive you. I said, it's time to get your helmet on. You're third up to bat. I said, this game's not done yet. And he went up there. He worked a walk for himself. He managed to get around to the bases, and he scored on a pass ball. And we wound up winning that game. So, to me, that's a teachable moment to just do the next right thing, which is what you've been talking about all show long. Well, that's a great example of it. Listen, sir, thank you for calling and sharing that. And, and you know, we'll see what happens tonight around 6, about, uh, what, probably about nine, eight, 8 or 9 o'clock tonight. We'll see... Whoever wins, I guarantee you they'll be talking about one of these words. I guarantee you. All right. I, I sure hope it goes well for us. <laughs> well, I, so do most people around here. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. All right. Let's go next to Brandon. Brandon, Dr. Jacobs, how you doing? Hi. Uh, Brandon, are you there? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Rick, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, uh, to me, the difference between cockiness and confidence, it comes down to a person truly knowing their abilities. A confident person knows what they are capable of doing, whereas someone who's cocky, I don't necessarily think it comes from insecurities. I think it can be them over-exaggerating what they're capable of, and then their cockiness gets exposed when they are in a situation where they think they can do more than what they actually can. Well, that makes sense. I, I think it'd be a little bit of both, you know? I mean... I had the privilege in 1990 to be the Royals uh, sports psychologist. I was there full time, and uh, I watched George Brett go from hitting in the in the low 200s earlier in the year to win his third batting title. And I admire that man immensely um, because he showed you know the pressure on him was immense. Um, he's George Brett. Everywhere he went, everybody wants to touch him. Everybody wants to talk to him. Everybody wants an opinion of him. But he had to go out and play, and he had to go out and execute, and he came back from a, a not playing well early in the year to got himself to win the third batting his batting title in his last at bat of the year because he was a confident person with himself. You know, I got to know Bo. And I, ja and and I, I think uh, one, one more thing. I got to got to spend a lot of time with Bo Jackson, and Bo Jackson exuded confidence. Okay, a lot of people thought he was cocky. Bo was not cocky. Bo just stayed stayed focused on himself. He didn't worry about what everybody said about him because everybody had an opinion of him. But he, I remember he sat and talked to me one day and says, Doc, I don't care what everybody says except the people that matter to me. Everybody's got an opinion. It doesn't matter. I just focus on myself. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say, I think, with the, the George Brett uh, and the previous caller was talking about baseball. Baseball is a, a special type of confidence because that sport, for the most part, is based off of failures. You know, for the most time, it's a sport of 1v1, pitcher versus batter, uh, if the batter succeeds against the pitcher, then he must succeed against the outfielders, the infielders, to still get on base. But most of the time, you know, the batter is not succeeding. A 300 uh, batting average, you're failing seven times out of ten. And 300 is considered a good line for a batting average. So I think baseball is a sport where you inherently have to have confidence because – you you experience quote unquote failures 
more often than you do in like football. Well, let me let me share a story with that. Uh, I worked with Tom Gordon, Flash Gordon. Tom's been on my show numerous times. Uh, he spent most of his career working with me. He had the major league record for fifty four saves in a row that got broken by Eric Gagne uh, later on. Fifty four saves in a row when he was with the Red Sox. Our whole focus was T and P, the next pitch, the next pitch. It wasn't about the score, it wasn't about results, it was about the next pitch. And he had a very successful career for 20 years, and that was part of what we did. He didn't worry about the score, he didn't worry about the result, he focused on his effort. And Tom, well, Tom showed that confidence when he pitched. He wasn't cocky at all, he was confident. I was also going to say earlier, you, you asked about instilling confidence. And I think one of the main things is what you just said. You teach kids the fundamentals and you teach them to rely on the fundamentals, understand situations that occur, but take it back to the basics. When you're, you know, you're shooting a free throw to win the game, just shoot the free throw. It's so hard to, to teach that, but if you can instill it in practice, that the basics, the fundamentals, no matter how big of a moment in the game, if you can just go back to the fundamentals, you're going to be fine. Well, a great, a great, you're the one putting the pressure. A great example of that, Brandon, was when I worked with, at KU in the 80s. Calvin Thompson had the big eight, well, always had the big eight record for, consecu- uh, for consecutive free throws, I think it was 31 or 32 in a row. Because our whole focus was on execution. Same thing. I mean, I'm just using examples and he's been on the show before and talked about it as well. I'm not sharing confidential stuff here. The whole effort part, the whole effort part, Brandon, is, is such a key part of this. And I think that's that's paralleling what you're saying here. Yeah, like I said, I, I just, I feel like the confidence, it's so important. And everyone loses it at some point. You're going to struggle. You're going to question your ability. And what happens to the greats when they do that? They go back to the fundamentals. Exactly. They trust in, in what they know. And, and, and they and that's, know that they're going to overcome. Yeah, and that's where, that's where I think with the confidence, the confidence is still there. It may be shaken a little bit, but it's still there. That's why they're able to overcome the adversity. That's what allows them to be right. so good. Sir, thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. You have a good day. Thank you for taking it. You too. You're welcome. Let's go next to Brad. Brad, good morning. Dr. Jacobs, how you doing? Dr. Jacobs, how are you? This is Brad Sweeten. I know your voice. You've been on the show many times. A good friend. I really appreciate you calling in. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I just wanted to talk about the, uh, the coach's role in instilling confidence and not putting not putting a player in a situation where uh, failure is imminent. It, I mean, it's up to the coach to prepare and um, get that player ready for that situation and tell the players players that they believe in them. And I think it also works the same way in a school classroom. It's up to that teacher to prepare the kids for a, the big test and instill confidence in them. Tell them that they believe. It's the same thing, Brad. It, it, it just goes across the board. Now, let me ask you this question. You, you've been an athletic director. You've coached. You've, you've been around young kids professionally most of your career. What is the difference, in your opinion, between a confident individual and somebody who starts to show their, their cockiness? And why, um, and why do think, they have? Why do they have to show that they're cocky? In a way, I think cocky 
is the way for them to cover up not having confidence, not having true confidence. I think that they they have to convince themselves that they um, are better than the next person, not really showing that skill that they have is better, but they the talk is better. Yeah, yeah, and, and it you know it'll be interesting. To, obviously, I want the Chiefs to win. I've been a Chiefs fan since the first game I ever played, but and I've worked with so many players, and I'm working with several now. But the key thing to me is this. It'll be really interesting to see whoever wins what they say and whoever loses what they say and how much of a role the conf, the word confidence plays today in, in what happens. Do you agree with that? Yes, and I hope I hope after the Chiefs win, they say we're preparing for next week. You know, we're going to enjoy it for um, 24 hours or whatever that saying is, and we're moving on to next week, you know, we're going to be watching film tomorrow, you know, not oh, we're going to party. We're really going to enjoy this, you know, for all week. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, if, you know, most of us calling in here want the Chiefs to win. But, you know, I, I think what I've loved about these these several past several years with Patrick Holmes as the starting quarterback, it shows his upbringing. It shows his past, but he he also understands. I I like I said, I've never met him, never talked to him, but my perception of him, he gets the the big picture of what it's about, and that's that's why I I think the Chiefs are playing on their fifth straight conference championship game here in Kansas City. Brad, as always, thanks for calling in, my friend. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Doctor. All right, that frees up our lines here at nine one three three eight ten eight ten nine one three three eight ten eight ten. I'm sports psychologist Doctor Andrew Jacobs on a special edi- early edition of the Sports Psychology Hour, and my topic this morning is this. What is the difference between confidence and cockiness? I'd like to hear from you. 913-3810-810 is our number. We've got a wide open phone board. If you're a coach, how do you coach confidence, and what do you do when you have a cocky athlete? Do you try to rein him in, him or her in, or do you let him go? 913-3810-810 is the number. Give me a call, and let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, our special early edition today because it is a big football day here in Kansas City. We're going to do special Chiefs programming this morning here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. My topic today is this. We've had some great calls, and we've got plenty of time left to get some more calls in here at 913-3810-810. What is the difference between confidence and cockiness? And I believe an athlete who demonstrates that self-confidence has the belief in him or herself that no matter what the situation, they can do it, they can handle it. They don't freak out, they don't lose it. They stay within themselves. Cockiness to me more than anything else, I think it's a sign, I mean, there is a lot of confidence in there, but I think there's also insecurity in there. They've gotta show how great they are or prove how great they are because underneath, I think they're scared they're not. I'd love to hear from you. 913 is the number if you're a coach. You know, like I said, I've never met Patrick Holmes, never talked to him. I've obviously worked with a bunch of players who on the Chiefs who, who are around him. And all I hear from them is how even this, this young man is, how he handles the pressure, how he stays within himself, how he's supportive of everybody else. That's a reflection of his upbringing. That's a reflection of how his parents taught him these things, 
and I think it's a great lesson to look at. If you're a parent, you've got kids playing sports in school, whatever they're doing, obviously everybody's in school, but when something goes wrong, when they have a bad game or they don't do well on a test, how do they handle that? And what do you say to them? See, I think, and I'd love to get your thought on this. I think if you have a son or daughter who has high expectations, let's say in school, you know, they want to do well, it's important to them to do well, not, not just for you, but, but because they want to do well. And if they have a bad test or a bad quiz or a bad homework assignment, they don't flip out about it, lose, lose it, get all upset down in the dumps. They'll be bummed, but that they're gonna look at why didn't I do well on that? What do I need to learn from this to get better? I think the ones who flip out, get upset, get all depressed and down in the dumps, then in the long term, are gonna have a confidence problem and may try to show how great they are and that, that's where that cockiness comes from, I think. I know that may sound a little confusing, but to me, a quiet confidence internally comes from learning to deal with adversity as you grow up. I think as parents, when we teach our kids when something goes wrong, to learn from it and grow from it, and how it can be a great teaching moment. You know, they talk about teachable moments. Brad Sweet, one of our callers, talked about that a lot, and he's been on the show. What is a teachable moment? I think a teachable moment for young kids is when something goes wrong, how to handle that positively, confidently, successfully, and grow from it. And that's where I think when you see professional athletes, Olympic athletes, success, great college athletes, they don't freak out when something goes wrong. They find a way to handle that internally and they don't have to show insecurities from it. I think the best athletes are confident athletes, not cocky athletes. I think cocky athletes, there's, there's a part of them that says they've got to prove something to everybody because there's something lacking inside. That's just my opinion. But that also comes from 42 years of work as a sports psychologist. All right, 913 is our number. Let's go to Lou. Lou, good morning. How are you? I'm well, Doc. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling in. You bet. So uh, on the way to pick up my son at the airport, who's a college athlete, basketball player, who you helped at length when he was in high school with this very topic of confidence. And so timely that I'm on the way to pick him up so he can – Flew him home for a day to go see the Chiefs game today because he's a sports freak, right? So, well, tell uh, your son tell, is, t- hi to you and tell your son hi. I don't, I don't know who you are, but, but anyway, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Just interesting, and as a family physician myself, a lot of people in a lot of different ages, and sometimes athletes, etc. And it is remarkable what confidence can or cannot do to to someone. And and so anyway that. As I think about what you said, I think that last point, that clearly there's a difference between cockiness and confidence, obviously, and I do agree with the whole insecurity part of it. But I think that last part, uh, at least for our son and what, what you helped him with, was was sort of that, it's like when you hear advertisements for financial investors and they have that little disclaimer that say, you know, past performance is no guarantee of future success, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the way competent athletes play, which is, 
that whatever just happened, if it's bad, has no bearing on what they think is going to happen. It just doesn't register that way. And, and uh, you know, I know that a non-confident basketball player, for example, my son's a, a three-point shooter, almost 50% in college, which is unheard of. Wow, that's awesome. College. Right, but, but, the, but, but with shooters, kind of like baseball players, you know, when they're good at something, they might be successful 40% of the time, which means they have a high failure rate. And so having a player lose confidence like that uh, based on failure, if they start doing things differently or they're hesitant, then they, and it's even worse. And, and so I think that confident athletes to me are athletes who just made a mistake, just made an error, just failed, just got burnt, and they line up again, and their emotion, their expression, their body language, and their performance on the next play is like that never happened. They're not, it's, it's gone from the brain. They believe every play they're going to win, no matter what happened. And if you can get yourself there mentally, you can have a lot of success. But, boy, you sure do see that with Mahomes big time, right? He can have a bad drive, a bad interception, and then there he is the next play with something great like it never happened. And I think cocky athletes, as high as they can get, they can get low with failures a little bit too because you rattle what's really a little bit of insecurity and not just that belief that I'm not worried about it. At least that's how I see it. I mean, I, I, I've watched uh, Mahomes obviously his entire career at the Chiefs. I've watched every game. I haven't missed anything. And the only time I've ever seen him get upset was when they took him out of the game last week because he wanted to go back in. Right. I mean, you don't right. see it. You don't. And, and I think that says something. And, and to validate what you're saying, when there's he has a bad driver, throws interception, you know he's not happy with it. But he goes to the sideline, gets the iPad, sits down with the coaches. They go over what went on. And he comes back, comes back out. And that's confidence. And that's, that's what you're saying. Because I don't care what sport you play. I don't care what level you're at. You will screw up. It's going to happen. God knows I screwed up a lot more playing tennis when I grew up than not. If I knew the things I knew now, I'd have been a lot better. But the fact of the matter is you're going to fail. And confidence, Lou, is about not freaking out about it, but learning from it, growing from it. Ask yourself why and how do I get better in the next play? Cockiness, they, they tend to you know, blow it off, try to ignore it, and then it happens again. That's when things can go bad for them. What do, you, do you agree with that? I do, I do, and I, I clearly do. And I think you just made me think of something right there. That cockiness also throws in that that look at me factor. I want you to look at me, but confidence doesn't do that. Confidence doesn't care if you're looking at me or not. It makes no difference if you're looking at me or not looking at me. I, I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But you know, a cocky player in part, some of that is because hey, look, look at me. But I, you know, I don't see any of that in confident athletes. Joe Burrow who's confident clearly is not asking anybody by his performance, by his demonstrations, to look at me, nor is Mahomes. But but I think that cockiness comes from a little bit of a, I, I have to be cool, check me out. I don't see that in confident athletes at all. I, I agree with you, and let's face it, Joe Burrow is obviously a great quarterback. He's been criticized by many as being a little bit on the cocky side, um, a little bit arrogant, but, but you know, I think he, he has a right to show it because of his performance. But in the end... I think this is what happens. I think three years ago, and I shared this earlier, when the Chiefs were down 24 nothing at the end of the first quarter, Patrick Mahomes showed his leadership, showed his confidence by how he handled all that, and that's why the Chiefs won and ended up winning the Super Bowl. Because no matter what, in every game against Tennessee and against the 49ers, they were behind. He didn't freak out. He focused on execution. And that's why they right. won, and that's why I, f- I hope, hope and feel they'll do the same thing today. So, Lou, thank you for well, calling you in. That at, yeah, 
Oh, you bet. Sorry to interrupt real quick. You nailed that in my son because he was losing confidence in high school, and you can't do that, and and uh, it's particularly when you got to shoot something from far away. He's not a big kid, 6'2", and, which is, you know, he's at a small college as a guard, but that wouldn't work at big school. But the point is, you lose confidence, and, and, and then success fails, and you, and you help him get out of that, and he's remained confident but not cocky. And so, anyway, good topic. It touched my heart this morning. Well, listen, thank you for calling in. I'm glad I was able to help your son out. Glad he's doing well, and I appreciate appreciate the call very much. And please tell him I said hello. Thank you, sir. You bet. Take care. Okay, take care. All right. Yep. You, you know, this, this topic is one, obviously, we'll talk about again when there isn't a, a playoff game going on. But I, I hope, you know, as a Chiefs fan, I want the Chiefs to win. I hope it's a great game. I hope that this top, this confidence issue that I'm talking about comes out today and we see it. And, and, and to me, whatever you do, whatever sport you play, confidence is the key. You can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. And a stronger mind means you're able to deal with negativity and failure. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back at 7 next week, our normal time. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at my office, 816-561-5556. You can always get a hold of me via my website, winnersunlimited.com. Our shows are all podcasted there. My email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. Take care. Stay safe. And also know I do a Facebook Live show every Tuesday night from 7 to 7.30 about high school sports. It's a sports psychology hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Take care, and let's go Chiefs!